0: You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Rock and roll.
1: What up, gentlemen?
0: We are in our way.
1: Happy Thursday
0: to you guys. Well, same to you, Andrew. Hello, Andrew.
1: Yeah. You know, this is the time of year where we need to make up a couple holidays to kind of fill in the gaps, but, you know.
0: Yeah. I just, uh, I returned to this uh, Tundra on uh, Monday. I see the snow behind Nick. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, Yeah. We're, we're back.
2: Hey, what about this mic? How do I sound? I got a new mic. You sound great, good, good, beautiful. He you looks pretty, excited.
0: looks like pretty professional. Look at that, Andy, sitting there. Show, show him the mic that gives it its entirety.
2: It
1: Look looks like the one I kind of have here. I just can't lift mine up, it's buried under a bunch of crap.
2: Yeah, it was only about, I think, uh, 50 60 bucks on, on Amazon, but it had a lot of good reviews I, I watched on YouTube. So I'm a professional now. I just need the little lighting to get my face brighter. Yeah. Get yourself a nice little lit-up donut. a hey, hey, big news, though. Look at this. Coming in March. So they didn't do it uh, now. They said they're going to push it off till March, the interest rates. What do you guys think about that? What do I think about it? I don't know if anybody's shopped interest rates recently,
1: but uh 30-year mortgage right now is already at 3.8. It's already up, what, half a point from when they started talking about it? So mortgage rates are already adjusted. I don't think you're going to see anything... Um, in that arena they mortgage rates are different than interest rates um, they kind of follow each other but mortgage rates also follow other factors oil prices stock market unemployment numbers you know other things that will get value um, for a mortgage
0: well your equity lines and stuff will start getting affected in March you know because if those rates start going up uh, you usually get hit on that but I think interest rates are all about consumer confidence and what's happening. And we're obviously seeing a lot of stuff happening and going on right now that uh, are getting people maybe a little nervous. But I'll tell you what, it's not uh, shaping the real estate market right now. No. I'm telling you, I don't think there's anything that's going to shape the real estate market other than inventory. And inventory well, still is not there.
1: You know, it's kind of funny. I, I saw I'm. You you and I both this time of the year, we're meeting with lots of people that are thinking about getting ready to sell in the spring or the, the early winter or whatever it is. And I, I'm meeting with people, couples this week, young, meaning anybody under 50, of course, um, young couples that where they're like, oh, we just got new jobs and whatever. And I'm like, oh, congratulations. So where are you going to work? And they go, oh, still from home. You know, and it's it's such a different world that we're in. And they're like, enough is enough. We now are are working from home, full time, both of us. We have to have high speed, you know, we want ethernet plugs. We want, you know, fiber optic lines. Where can we live in the cities have two offices in our house and have the connectivity that we need to be awesome at our jobs. I was like,
0: oh. Yeah. And people trying to, you know, really figure out what this market's all about and trying to time it. It's just, there's, there's nothing that is, is able to time this market. We just, uh, I, I've been really pushing, as Andy said, we're out talking to people and getting them ready and, you know, and, and typically it's, hey, let's wait till spring and everything starts going, but that's when everyone starts going. And yeah. and historically, right. as we get to spring and summer, the listings go up and yep. then it's kind of a little thing. I know we're going to talk a little bit about Minneapolis today and yeah. you'll see those same graphics um, on how listings work. But talking them into getting on the market now and so we did um we uh actually two of them um this week and we got two of them coming next week but uh one of the showings i mean we did a we did a coming soon 42 showings already uh, put up on this one yeah four hundred and twenty thousand dollar rambler in bloomington yeah it's nice it's 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 a it's a good one but you know you get 42 showings set up, and yeah, that's pretty impressive. We've got another one yeah. that we're gonna be putting on that. Uh these people are just gonna work overtime uh this weekend so we can kind of get the pictures on Monday and be able to go on the market uh by next weekend as well, just to be able to try to catch you know the lack of inventory and the excitement that's out there right now.
1: Um yeah, the uh You know, not only that, but then you're also looking at um, a lot of people that are starting this process with the interest rate market that's there. It's motivating people to say, hey, if we are going to make a move, let's start shopping. What's kind of cool, though, too, is I'm seeing the buyers that are out there are ridiculously overqualified. They're big money down. They've got great jobs. They've got great credit scores. So the buyers that are out there right now are fantastic buyers as rates go up a little bit. Now you're going to start seeing some of those old stories we used to hear, Chris, back in the day of the, well, last second, we found out there was child support payments, and now the financing fell through. And so people that don't have perfect credit are going to start entering back into the marketplace. Good problem for sellers because now you're still going to have a lot of pressure on the marketplace, bad for buyers. So as rates go up, there's going to be more and more buyers that want to get out of their rent situation. Now they qualify for a mortgage, want to take advantage of these mortgages. So I think you're going to still see a ton of pressure this year on new construction, if you can afford it. And, and second of all, I think you're going to see a bunch of new buyers entering the marketplace that are, you know, um, just excited. They can be a homeowner. And I'm, I'm, just so you know, I love that. I love when people are excited about being homeowners. It's the American dream, man. It still is. People say it's dead. Those are the people that want communism in the country. You know, I'm telling you, and they want everybody to live in the apartment and get four rations of food today. You know, I mean, screw that stuff. We're America, man. Let's own stuff.
0: Yeah, I didn't even have to throw anything out there to do this.
1: <laughs> I've had four cups of coffee, Chris, and they are fantastic.
0: <laughs>
1: I really should get about two,
0: so I don't literally sit and just shake. So <laughs> well, that's about that's four cups is about twenty dollars, isn't it?
1: No now when you're now when you're old man prasky here I make my own stuff at home I got an old fashioned coffee pot make my own coffee, but I use good beans
0: I see that uh you know I'm not a coffee drinker I'm iced kind of an iced tea guy but um we've got a when we were on our trip I saw this little coffee thing uh it looked like I don't even know what it was but Nick uses it to be able to make this this coffee and he claims it's uh Amazing as, as well. Uh, oh, yeah, bro! Wow. There's Andy's freedom. There.
1: I love, I love America, man, and I, I love the concept that you know, especially like I don't know why, but I've been dealing with a lot of the country now. Um, English is their second language, and what a fantastic place to let people experience something they couldn't experience at home. They come here, they can own houses, they can build wealth, they can send their kids to better schools. And, I, you know, I don't know. I, this isn't the 4th of July episode, but man, it feels like it.
0: I think that to me, that's where you really see it and get an appreciation for America when other people show you just how much you should really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. It's awesome.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. market, market right now. Um, i mean it's it's rolling it's it's rolling it's right back into it rolling so, backwards <laughs> yeah i mean but pricing is um uh, still going good hopefully we we have new little segments here andy i don't know if you've seen this but no was little music that starts playing kind of when you know cutting us off he starts playing this little music behind and that means ah. we're going to another topic pretty soon so we have to kind of like i told him i said i have so many great things to say wait a minute
1: did we did we even get to the first topic yet
0: i I think we're talking about the market
1: yeah does he know that we take 15 to 20 minutes just to warm up
0: (laughs) (laughs) he's too he's too he thinks this is a radio station where we're taking commercials we gotta get some hit this hard breakup guys yep
2: do you ever look at someone and and wonder what is going on inside their head
0: That was kind of my day yesterday. It seemed like so many different things going on. And uh, I think that's, uh, you know, like with realtors, people really don't think that maybe the day we're doing a lot, you know, it's usually at night if we're showing a house or, geez, the listings don't come on until the weekends. But, oh, my gosh, when you got all different things in different um, stages of a, a transaction and they're all coming together, we had three of us here yesterday. And that uh, we could have used three more to just kind of handle the phone calls and stuff. It was just well, not
1: no kidding. And and not only that, Chris, but think about like last year. Last year was say, Well, we're afraid of COVID. Um, so please let's just do a zoom call and we'll walk you or we'll do like an iPhone, you know, uh, what do they call it? FaceTime? We'll walk around the house for you and kind of show you the house and then do a market in front of us this year. Not only are people like coming out of the, I mean, just coming in droves to enter the marketplace, but they want to meet in person. And now that adds that element of travel or you have to drive 45 minutes across town or you have to go here and then you have to go there. And then God forbid it snows or you have ice or you have traffic or you have, I find myself this year struggling to be proficient with my timing. And that's where I feel like I'm back to beginning uh, as a new realtor again, where you're like, I'm five minutes, 10 minutes late to everything where I'm like, I, I didn't realize it was going to take to go from Blaine to Plymouth, you know, 38 minutes. Normally it's only 25, but you know, roads and snow and sprinkles and whatever. So, but boo-hoo, right? I, I get it. Yeah. No, um, yeah. but it, it's just real estate agents. I, I got to be honest with you. I kind of really liked it when we were going towards that zoom style platform, right. Where we were meeting, they could meet right at their office. Or they could be in their pajamas at home with their kids in bed or whatever it was. It was easy. And and I really kind of miss that, you know?
0: It's, it's kind of interesting because, I mean, Nick made a comment. Obviously, he's back in the United States. He's staying with us. And uh, he made a comment to me this morning. He goes, boy, you finally look respectable. And there's something, I mean, and I was like, okay, thanks. But there was something to it that, you know, if you're not out meeting with people all the time, you do get a little lazy in that way. And, uh, and you're just kind of running around. It's like, okay, we will just, I got to meet one person quick. And then um, I've just got to do running around. So I'm just going to dress a little more comfortable. Uh, and where, I mean, I, there was, I mean, for pr- probably three years, there wasn't a day I didn't wear a suit. And so it's just kind of uh it's kind of interesting, yeah. but I got to meet with multiple people today. So yeah. I threw this on. I told them it was for the podcast, but uh, I don't know if you really believe in me.
1: I was going to say, it's too bright of a tie
0: for a funeral, Chris, by the way. That's, uh... <laughs> true, true.
1: Yeah. When you think
0: <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a really good point to that. Um, when you start having things that take away from the house we just last night we're at a listing and it was kind of like they have some there's some really neat stuff but it's like people are going to concentrate more on that than they're going to concentrate on the house and that's what you want them to do is the focus needs to be the house it doesn't need to be how cutesy you are and who you mm-hmm. are and if you play um wordle or if uh you like uh you have the coolest bell collection in the history of the bell collections Mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't matter you know people still have to live but you got to remember when you're selling your house you've basically detached yourself from that house to be able to sell and and appear to the most amount of people
1: well it's like it's like going to a nice restaurant right just serve a plate of food and then other restaurants will have a server manager that sits there and looks at the food and says uh wipe the edge Put a garnishment on there add a couple of sprinkles of something on top that's what a good real estate agent does for you they're going to make sure that people when the when the plate comes out or the house is to the marketplace people go wow and that's super important first impressions are made how many times
0: one <laughs> <laughs> getting
2: better
1: just for the record you guys are jerks. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, you're the best. That's it uh I mean he, he's my new he's my new daddy long for me now.
1: Nice. <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> Play that again. I want to read what he was talking about. First of all, do we take advice from somebody in a sweatshirt?
0: Hey, you never know uh that stuff's true i'll be it'll be interesting uh when it comes out because that but yeah go ahead well i was just gonna say there's typically a delay with that um and that's obviously in the the commercial part of the industry but um i don't know how people can't have a problem with that when they've put everyone at home and maybe they're making more money and they're able to uh restructure um, some of their lease payments and stuff with the owners, but those owners still have payments. And unless they've gotten, uh, mm-hmm. I, I know a couple of business owners that didn't need the help and the small business administration who's given out a lot of these loans came to people and said, you know what, you don't need to pay. You don't need to pay for three or four months and um, don't worry about it. And we're going to Delay some. I mean, it's, it was crazy what these people were getting and they didn't have to do it, but it was putting more money to their bottom line.
1: I think the class, A, you know, you get a lot of that where it's big corporations and they use real estate, uh, specifically as tax shelters. So it's more of a way to hide profits than it is for them to worry about making the payment. It's not like you and I, and we're working every day, nine to five and trying to make our house payment. It's a little different than that. And so the, the those classes are commercial, Okay, so first of all, they're commercial lending, different rules don't apply the same way that the residential rules. So when they imply that the CARES Act even you know gives a hoot about commercial property, first of all, I think there's a little bit of a misleading front end on that story, but it's okay. Um, there may be um, a retail sector, and, and when you see that retail mall getting, um, you, you just thank your Amazon guy. I mean, it it literally the way we shop has changed. The the You know, the the whole staying at home thing and the Amazon being geared up just in time for having everything delivered to your house. And it's a lot of things happen at one time. And it was a perfect storm for retailers to basically disappear. And the retailers that are still around, if you do want to be able to drive down to the, the store and look at the fresh vegetables or pick different flavors of soups or spices or whatever, you better support your local companies because this will happen and you'll be living in a town. It has a bunch of big retail that's closed, or they'll level it. And then people, is this town down how it'll affect retail? That'll eventually is how it'll affect you as a homeowner. Is that if the consumers don't support the retail, the retail goes away really fast because look, look any right now, go to your county tax record, look up what that business owner pays in taxes to have that gas station on the corner, it'll blow your mind. They might be paying 10 grand a month just in taxes, to own that gas station on that corner. It, I mean, it's ridiculous how much tax revenue comes in off of those buildings.
0: Yeah. Very true.
1: Very true. You you I if I wanted to say that, I would have wrote it. Well, I, you said, that. I said what I said. Okay, well, what okay. you said was some bullshit. But that's you don't like it, it. You don't like it. I showed <laughs> not <laughs> Oh, my God. Yes, it happens a lot
0: yes it does yes it does and i'll tell you a lot of times that's what we're doing we're de-escalating those arguments a lot you know to try to keep the, the the process going and and not totally agree with someone but kind of give their point of view and and then try to get the other ones in there because a lot of times those conversations are due to other things that have happened uh in the past that that we have no knowledge of and have nothing to do with the house (laughs) <laughs> or the saleability of the house. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's always uh, an interesting part.
1: Oh, it, it blows my mind, like, how I'll have two – I just had this a couple weeks back. There was a couple that wanted to move one of them because somebody went through the neighborhood and was breaking into cars, probably a high school kid, you know, stealing whatever they could, uh, petty theft, right, out of the cars, wanted to move. I want out. This is the beginning of the end. We're going to – now it's going to be burglaries and murders, and we want to go. The other one's like why don't we just put a camera on the front of the house and bust this kid and who cares why would we move because of some dummy right and it's it's an interesting argument to be had and so that topic alone security safety um schools um now there's problems at the school now um you know whatever is influencing people to make decisions it i will spend the time when i'm meeting with a couple selling i'll say hey guys how do I help you guys make the most out of this move? What are we really looking for? And why are we moving? What are you looking for in an agent? What are you looking for? And you know, why do we want to move? And, and it's interesting how you'll hear just like that argument kind of um, it, it stirs the pot a little bit, but if, if they can't answer why they want to move, it gets real hard to help people. Right? So it's like, if they, well, I don't know, maybe we have another kid or, you know, well, I kind of work from home office. Well, you, if you don't know that answer, you might be a little premature on having that agent out to your house. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it it is important to um, make sure that you are on the same page. Now there's, there's exploration conversations that we have uh, with people and be able to kind of the, the benefits and the, uh, you know, the, the negatives about moving, but I'll tell you Mm -hmm. what, I have a lot of times where I'll try to talk them out of it just to see if they are really ready and to be able to move them to that next phase because, If you don't, it eventually gets into you List it, and a week on the market when you have an offer, they decide, you know what, I just I love what happened with the staging. And I think we just want to stay and we really can't find anything. You know what? There's nothing really available. So, yeah, you do. You need to be uh, committed in, in what you're doing. Otherwise, it doesn't really work.
1: We're understanding what their morals align with, because what if they're sitting there and they have a very conservative financial perspective on life? where nope, we want the house sold and closed before I even go and look at another house. Well, potentially you could be in a rental for a year. Are you okay with that? Nope, we don't wanna be in a rental. We wanna be able to go out there and sell our house and then you know buy the house at the same time. And I go, the challenge is the buy. So right now let's start with the buy. And even if it feels uncomfortable to you, convincing people to be uncomfortable a little bit to beat the market right now is probably my biggest challenge I have is where it's like, listen, no matter what it takes, let's position you as a buyer that can perform without selling your house. Let's ask for a farther out closing date. If we don't know if your house is sold yet, maybe set of 30 and some people like that. And some people are, if they're building a new house, they might even say, hey, you wanna do 90? And then all of a sudden you get them saying sweet, right? So you're helping them too. And then you have that window of time to get your house sold. And, and it's, I don't know, it's the strategies today. I would have died three years ago if I would have been talking the way I'm talking today with clients versus back then. And the way the strategies are so different.
0: Yeah. And I I think sometimes what happens, you you know, you go into a listing thinking that's how you want to do it. And everything's got to, everything's going to work out perfect because there's no buyers out there, but there's sometimes that buyers are like, you know what? No, I really need to be in by the end of March and i will pay you this but you got to go by the end of march and so you have to kind of look at all of those things and and think about those before it happens because when it happens you got to be able to react and, and being able to react pretty quick usually gets you a heck of a lot more money
2: mm-hmm. what do you think is going to happen to realtors in the future dude everybody thinks realtors are going away people have been saying that forever though yeah they've been
1: saying it forever. I honestly. Don't even think about that question because I feel like I bring a lot of value to my clients. I feel like there's always going to be that personal touch that's needed for a transaction for some people. There are people who could buy something sight unseen, online, they're fine with that. But I do feel like a traditional family who are maybe making a scary move across state or moving up, moving down, I do feel like that personal touch and handholding to an extent is important.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with him if I didn't fall asleep listening to him. But anyways, besides <laughs> the point. I I do I I do agree with some of those sentiments though that I a lot of people, you know, don't feel they need a realtor. I always make the comments, and, and it's true, every time I negotiate a deal for myself, I do it through someone else.
2: Mm-hmm. You
0: just treat it, I you treat it completely different. And you know how I represent my clients is a lot better way than I represent myself. It's like, oh, yeah, that's no big deal. We'll, we'll take it and blah, blah, blah. I've got a uh, uh, investment property coming up in, in Minneapolis that we're going to end up listing. And I'm kind of like, you know what? Get rid of the thing, just get dump it, you know. But now I'm getting the other people in to kind of give me that clarity that, you know what, no, this is what it's worth and here's what we should go at. And, yep. you know, if, if I if if I portray that to another agent, you know, they're going to come after me, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. try to get it the best I can. And if I'm just trying to make a deal, the quicker they can get in and just get it done and maybe even give me what I listed at, you know, versus getting other people in there and, and thinking like a real realtor does is uh, very, very important. So I think if a, a realtor thinks he has to use a realtor to negotiate, I certainly think uh, people that don't do it every day should probably use that as well.
1: You know, I, Chris, I can't agree more, and I don't want to get on a tangent here, but I, I might. Um, I, I look at the travel industry, okay? So you look at, like, how anybody can buy anything online. You think you can see everything, you know, um, the, the, all the apps that are out there. I still use a travel agent, and the reason why is this. I get groups of people to travel together, like my team. I want to know exactly what they think of the resort, the concierge service, the taking care of everything. So an example is back, you know, a couple years back before we had COVID, we all went down to Cancun and our group, there was a bunch of us that booked through the travel agent. There was a couple that did not. When we got down there, we paid actually about the same price. They just didn't want to deal with the travel agent. It was like against their, their religion. You know what I mean? And so we get down there. Well, we all had from the actual airport via limo bus it was awesome to the resort. These people had to pay 50 bucks a person. Then we get to the resort and we've all got gold bracelets on that gave us all top shelf liquor. We had extra access to all their you know, cool water sport toys. These guys got purple bracelets. And they're like, well, what does that mean? And they got, so what I'm saying is the professional that I hired that probably made 10% on my trip, okay. That was not, and that, that to me is nothing by the way for the service, the convenience, the reliability and the guarantee that everybody that's there is gonna have a great time it's important to me. So the experience, the experience, the guidance, the uh, making sure that you're getting the best of the best, making it easy. um, That's our job as agents. We're supposed to guide people through the process, make it easy, put them in touch with the best of the best. And and I'm telling you, I know when we sell houses, we get more for those houses than somebody would on their own. If somebody knocks on your door and says, hey, I'd like to buy your house and you two figure out a price, I can get you 25 to 30,000 more. Not only pay for myself, but make you more money.
0: Yeah. Nine out of ten.
1: Uh, That was you know, I always
0: talk about the listing process. Let me get this in the middle. The listing process being in here, what I think people kind of focus on when they say realtors get paid too much is they're focusing on this little piece where we're selling their house. But there's a lot of things that kind of go into lead I'm gonna go with this hand, lead up to the day that we list your house. And that's called experience. And, you know, I mean, I'll just speak for myself. I mean, going on my 32nd year, there's obviously a lot of transactions I've done that have led to this point and uh, that that are going to help you, um, you know, basically get your house staged and marketed and positioned correctly to go onto the market. And then it's getting that deal done during that time. And then it's taking care of you after the fact. And and those things are, you know, then when you when you take that money and spread it out over that whole time, it's a whole different kind of thing versus just looking at it like this. And so that's what peop- people do. And and I, I think it it gets sometimes a little confused when you have two agents involved. You know, we have to put another commission on the other end to be able to represent a buyer. And then some people say, well, geez, okay, well, if, if there is no buyer's agent, then you don't have to pay that. Well, the thing is if we have to represent that buyer, yes we do. But you know Chris, yeah, if you found
1: now I in the last year, two last two years, 98% of the consumers coming in to to buy new construction have real estate agents representing them. And it it's I mean it's staggering how much um that's changed. We used to have almost 20% of the people coming in the door or more that didn't have any kind of representation. They wanted to buy direct from the builder or the builder's agent that was in the model. They wanted to get a bundled deal. Nowadays people are coming in with representation and they want somebody in their corner. They want somebody to make sure the T's are across the eyes are dotted, make sure the timelines are fair, make sure that if there's a delay, that it's, you know, it's a fair situation and they, they value the, the real estate agent in that transaction. I find that really interesting versus saying, Hey, can I keep their commission because, 90 by, more than 90% of the builders, if there's no other agent involved, the builders keep that commission. They don't, they don't just pay it out to pay it out. It's not free yeah. flow money that's laying on a park bench.
0: Right? Well, I think the other thing too, is, and maybe why this is happening more is because these people are probably out looking at existing stuff and they can't find existing stuff. Um, I know with us and uh, the builder that we work with, it's, it's trying to get realtors back um being excited about putting their people into new construction Uh because what happens sometimes is that that agent looks at new construction as because it's it's a pain i mean it's a pain and it takes a long time in which to be able to do it and as an agent you know we get paid when that thing closes and so if if we started out and all of a sudden it's 13 months later that we're getting paid. And then after that 13 months, there's another year of workmanship that usually you're trying to fight the builder back. And it's a real pain in the butt. And so what happens is sometimes realtors will push away and stay away from new construction. But what's happening now is the inventory is so low, they have to embrace it. Yep. And I think it's more realtors that are saying, hey, we can't find nothing here. Let me push you over to this. Let's go meet Andy and his model and, and see what we can get done.
2: Okay, before we go into our main segment, I after you guys were talking about uh, America and homeownership, I thought I'd play this video to see your guys' uh, reaction.
1: Thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Because the flag still stands for freedom, and they can't take that away. The men who died who gave that right to me and i gladly stand up next to you when they her still today but there ain't no doubt I, love I i i would love to see america build another hoover dam of some kind metaphorically speaking you know what i mean what, what it's been a few years since we've done something amazing like that engineering and Pride and like, like you know, like the video says, delusion. Like, yeah, let's build a Vegas in the middle of the desert. There's no water. It's hot. It's cold. It's you know, and uh, that that is kind of the fun of of America. I think is.
0: Yeah, what one, of my, that... one of my favorite songs too, right there.
1: That I literally know what it is. That song gets me so emotional every time I hear it.
0: Love it. <laughs> love it. Yeah. All right. So he threw us off. Now what do we do,
2: Andrew? What I uh, refuse to answer um, because my
1: answer will not be popular with the people that live there. But here's the thing, I tell you. You know, when you have a city that's been through as much as that city's been through, right? Suburb of that city. So we all are involved with that as well. Um, I believe that the heart of the city is still there. I believe they're trying to make changes and changes always feel weird when they're happening. Um, I I do know this. I I have, you know, um, friends of mine that live in a couple of the communities um, that are now not as heavily patrolled as they were a few years ago and there's straight up crime. Gunpoint, um get out of your car. I know that, you know, you have two little kids in the car. Get out of the car. We want everything in the car. And you know, that kind of stuff is happening, you know, unfortunately, even out into the suburbs now. And so it's happening people behaving in a non-civil perspective, right? Um and they they're doing things that make people uncomfortable and don't want to live there anymore. I'm seeing some people saying let's fight this, and I'm seeing some people saying I'm out. So what's happening, it's interesting is that one, one of my, my friends lives in, in Lowry Hill. And so in Lowry Hill, um, they actually have hired, every family pays an extra $3,000 in that neighborhood, and they have eight full-time police officers patrolling the neighborhood 24 hours a day. And so here's what's happened That is the America that I love. It's like, screw it. The city's not going to do it. We're going to do it ourselves. We're going to charge the city for that time on top of, because if they're not patrolling it with their police, um, what is it? Uh, Rep, without representation taxation without representation. And so they're being taxed and they're not being protected. And so they took it upon themselves. And now there's a big debate going on because that community is going to be the first of many that start doing that. And now you're going to have areas that are basically patrolled. And my friend that lives down there example, he's out sitting on his front porch. This was a couple weeks back and he goes outside. He was doing something. He heard a, a scuffle. It was cold. And he, he looks over the side and there's two guys walking up the street. Officer stopped these guys and says, Hey guys, where are you headed? Can we give you a ride? And the people are like, Well, uh, no, we're just uh we're just out for a walk. Okay, cool. Where do you live? Oh, you don't live in the neighborhood? Great. Well, as a guest, we, we welcome you. Um, let us know if there's anything we can do for you. Didn't hassle these guys, just said, Hey, let us know what and my brother, who was also listening in, who lives down the street, goes, Huh, just letting people know, hey, we're here to help. What can we help you with?
0: that's interesting yeah that's interesting and i and i think too um our, our wonderful news uh and what we and what we see and what we get uh you gotta remember they're trying to sell stuff <laughs> and uh sensationalism and i don't think you hear all of it now there is um instances where some of this stuff is happening but i'll tell you what the stats of of what minneapolis is doing is that it's it's not dead um, from a real estate perspective, whatsoever, and again, that has something to do with uh, inventory. But it's uh, the sales are actually up, and so is the 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 pricing. Yeah. And so it's not like everyone is. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Um, look at. Oh, hold on. Go back up. There's an interesting one right up there. Look at the change in inventory. The inventory has gone down. So if everyone was is fleeing that area, that inventory would go up, and that's not happened. And, and and maybe some people are thinking, Andy, that, you know what, I'm not going to be able to get what I want. I'm just going to hang on for a little bit, but that's, it's just not the case. I'm going to be listing uh, mine in uh, Minneapolis and it's a, it's a four unit building. I've used it always as like a four unit rental, but it's, there's four individual condo units in there. Yep. And so you could condo them off as individual and it's right uh, by the Art Institute. And, you know, we we dealt with the whole COVID and uh, you don't have to pay your rent stuff and ended up kicking them out. And I think that kind of, um, you know, gets you a little about the whole Minneapolis thing that they were totally fine with it. And I mean, we had these guys, uh, drugs, they did everything and we couldn't even kick them out. And it cost us, not only did they not pay, but it cost us thousands of dollars to be able to even go to court to try to get them out where we couldn't get them out. And then when we finally got them out, then they told them, okay, you can uh wait until for this long. And it, it's just like, you know, you can't play that, that you can't play it that long. Well,
1: that, you know that. And then Chris, think about this, you know, so now you have an anti-land, anti, um, over police, police brutality, man, you know, which was, I'm not even arguing that. I'm not that that's not even, it just, you, you need, you know, um, in, let's just assume this, if you look at the crime charts right now, where there's crimes that are happening, and then the amount of crimes that are happening that are not even being reported because the police are driving by and not stopping, okay? And then you look at what happens in areas that historically have, you know, challenges with, with crime, petty crime, even if it's just petty stuff. It What happens is people don't like that. And so people will say, you know what, I'm just going to move. I'm not going to do with it, And they start moving. And then if they want to move and nobody's offering them on their house, they they usually will offer a little bit less. And so all of a sudden now you have houses that are selling for less, two blocks away from a nice area that doesn't have that same challenge. And what happens is then you start getting weird markets where the market's responding to the lifestyle or the you know the the safety factors or the schools or the do I feel safe in my own home? Who doesn't want to feel safe in their own home? So the the anyway, I think that I'm a big fan of Minneapolis. I, I really hope that they balance that out and get everything that everybody's looking for. Um, and the big thing is, is this, let people you know, have their children going to safe schools, um, be able to have a barbecue in your backyard and not have to feel like somebody's going to jump you. Um, that's what people want, you know, or they want that city life back. I think that a lot of people are holding on because they want to give the city a chance to figure it out. And nobody's been through this before. So how do we figure this out? How do we come up with something that everybody's happy with? And then get back to, hey, let's take an Uber downtown and see the Twins playing and go out for dinner. Versus, and there's literally um, people asking for money and people that are pounding on your windows as you're trying to drive around downtown. It it gets a little spooky. And, I, and there's a lot of people like me that I'm like, I, I don't need it. I'll just, I'll go have a steak somewhere else. Yeah. I've been to yeah, Capital Grill for about two years because of it. And I love Capital Grill. I love Manny's. I've been to there either. And, and you know, anyway.
2: I have a question. So over the last 10 years, what have you seen, like, the changes? Was it just because of the last couple of years, or has it been slowly decaying, Minneapolis? You see, I ponder here. He was the quarterback in, in 2012.
1: <laughs> well, we were doing the radio show back then, Chris. Talk about that a little bit. I mean, every morning we'd be downtown. Um, we'd walk for blocks. We'd walk to, you know, the, the hen house. We would walk downtown to the – and we would – an occasional homeless person and they were good morning guys. And it was no big deal. It wasn't, it wasn't like it. Well, I, I don't know. I am not down there every day. So maybe things have changed since the last time I was down there, I hope, but yeah, I didn't feel it, safe the last it time I was down it, there.
0: Yeah. It was interesting, yeah, it was interesting. that uh, talking when you we were talking with Denny and how he handled, cause he always would get there like at four 30 in the morning and when Ponder was around, you never heard about, some of the conversations that he would have and um, how he would, uh, where he would park later on. And it started getting right before, right. I mean, right when we were leaving, right when the pandemic started, it was, yep. uh, it was starting up at that point. And it wasn't, uh, it, it's just, it is, it's a different animal right now. You're, you're being safe. Try, you gotta be safer. There's people that are saying you do not stop at red lights. Cops aren't going to st- stop you. You know, you don't right. stop for red lights. I mean, are you serious? I mean, you don't stop for a red light. You know, in, in Minneapolis, you don't you don't do that. I went down uh, to Minneapolis, my daughter was in town and she wanted to go to a, a concert downtown, which I was like, Are you you're nuts? But you know what? Yeah, you you gotta experience it. But I was right downtown and I repositioned my car probably about seven different times. And I have I have I'm legal to carry and it was carried is right with me. The whole time, and I wasn't gonna, uh, and I'm not gonna uh not do that, you know. I'm not, I'm gonna protect my kid with everything I possibly got, and mm-hmm. uh, it was very it was very interesting because you'd see groups of people, and you know, and I just kind of okay, I'm gonna go around the parking lot or around the street, and then park in another area, and then you kind of just keep moving, and people looking at you, and I mean, obviously, I, my my car is a, a was a Tesla, you know, so it was. Uh, the perception, maybe, is there's something inside there for them to take, but uh, you there should
1: have driving around uh, a guy driving around in a fancy car with a gun.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> on uh, paper, they're going, they're yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No,
1: but I think that you know it was it was um, a lot of people kind of uh, blamed the where mayor. the mayor came in and, and had different perspectives on the way to run the city, and that happens, right? People come in; they have their new ideas. His ideas were not as uh, concerned with keeping. And 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 they'll argue with me. I know this, but when he became mayor, downtown became unsafe or became a little more unruly. And all of a sudden, you started having big city problems again that kind of went away for many years under Ryback. And and uh, and don't get me wrong; every big city has challenges. Every mayor has challenges. I mean, I would have. You could have paid me to be uh, Mayor of Frey the last few years. But you know, it comes down to where don't feel safe you got a problem make everybody feel safe now how do you do that where it's fair and they're not you know there's no brutality and there's no you know biased and there's no i don't know how to do all that but i mean i you know so that's why i don't really like to comment per se because i don't know how to fix that problem but they're in the process of trying to do a lot of different things that will get that city back on its feet i guarantee minneapolis will come back um i don't i don't i don't think it's gonna be down forever
0: I, I I you, there's too many good things down there um, yeah. for people for it to just go away. It's it's not going to happen. I don't think I would be um, selling just to get out of there at all. Um, right. You know, my view is is kind of like yours, Andy, in that you know what? I don't. My life isn't there, and I don't need to be yeah. down there. I'm not going to go down there until things are well, different. But yeah. I don't think there's nothing. Um, there's definitely not everything in the real estate industry is showing that there there is not a problem in minneapolis
1: so so last year guys i'll leave you with this and then we'll get on to our next story so last year was international convention in orlando florida and i was by myself and i went to um i was out of a big class and i walked out and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna step out of my box here a little bit and i was standing in line to, to grab a sandwich and there was a young lady standing there and I says hey I go, you know, I'm Andy from Minneapolis, real estate agent. I said, Do you want to have lunch? And we started having lunch, and it was fantastic. She was a newer agent, and she's her second year in the business. She sold 36 transactions, Chris, in her in her second year in real estate. And how how much do you think she made in gross commissions?
0: On 36 deals. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, geez. Uh, uh well, you're you're obviously there's some way hundred and 80,000. Okay. So she made
1: about 62,000, still couldn't pay her bills, was struggling. She's from Detroit. And she said, I can't tell you how many $1 houses I wrote up with the city where I don't get paid in in an effort to, once they get that house fixed up, we would sell it and we'd be able to make money or how many 35, 50,000, $70,000 apartment buildings. And she goes, here's what's cool about Detroit. You couldn't have suppressed that city any more than it was. It was riddled with crime. Town, The ba- the buildings, it was like a video game. The buildings were empty. Nobody was going except for the pawn shops and the occasional restaurants or whatever. And she goes, it's so fun to be part of the rejuvenation of that city. And as it's slowly climbing out of the pit and it's climbing and it's climbing and houses are going up. And she goes, I've got such affordable housing. She goes, people can buy houses and have a $130 a month house payment. She goes, where else can you rent for that? So she goes, I'm converting renters, fixing their credit, putting them into houses, making them homeowners. And homeowners, statistically, plant flowers, grow the grass, mow the grass, you know, and and make those houses look nice. And then other people go, oh, that's nice. I want to move back in. And now you have people buying the lots and building new houses and property values come back. Cities cycle. And and I just hope we don't go as low as, my God, Detroit bankrupted. They, They went, they were just toast you know but it they're they're on the recovery so that nice young lady enlightened me that uh, I should send all of her buyers to her that
2: well, I I, this this is my question though because you guys saw when it was called murder apples right in the 90s what is it compared from then to now?
0: I think I think after uh, the, the Minneapolis thing, it became more of a lifestyle. And I think they changed it into that. And, you know, you get to walk around the lakes and there's uh, the, the whole townhome condo thing became a huge thing. And then that, I think that's what just kind of spurred everything else on. And, uh, I mean, obviously business downtown and, you know, being able to bike and to walk and to, you know, it was just the, the neat old houses that people again, then started fixing them up and they've gone through a couple of fix-ups and, and different areas have just grown. And then those areas, like Andy was saying, Lowry, you know, that gets expensive and then now it's too much, but gosh, we could go right next to it. And, and then those areas start growing. And then all of a sudden it's in Richfield and Bloomington. So uh, I think it's just, that's a, a natural thing. And I think like Andy said too, it's just not, it's it's, it's not, I just don't believe it's going anywhere. Minneapolis, I don't, I don't believe it's dead. I think there's going to be people that will refuse to go there um, and, and want to be out. But for the most part, it was not, it's, well, stats prove it. There's no max exodus at all.
1: Well, and, you, and you, you can't, like you said, Chris, you can't argue. There's how many thousands of families that have moved down there that have money, that are in condos, that want to go out for dinner, that want to go to the theater, that want to do whatever people than there are troublemakers right and you know so the the people that want the nice things just if they keep forcing it eventually you know it it doesn't work to be a troublemaker but here's the thing i say that i say that from a place of where i live in the suburbs it's like maybe it's no big deal like when i visited san francisco which some people are like oh my god that's my favorite city and last year i just visited seattle and it drove me crazy that there were so many homeless people. And what's funny is how people become numb to those things. And so my buddies that live out there, they're like, "Oh yeah, let's walk down the street. We'll go to this restaurant. Then we're gonna go to this. We'll go see the museum. They'll we'll go to Space Needle." Well, you're walking around and you're literally walking by people that are living on that street. And for me, maybe it's my passion. I'm like, I want to almost say, "Well, why is this guy or gal here? You know, or why, why is it or why are they, you know, choosing to live?" And in those cities, like like the, my buddy lives out there says are all kinds of shelters available there's all kinds of places for everybody to take a, a hot shower and, and a place to stay and th- there's like a choice not to and it's just it's just different right so just, you got to get used to where you live and maybe that's just the way it is i don't know
0: look at those stats right there that says everything i mean even median right. well days on market tell sale is less than what it was in 2020 and the median list pr- price is up to you know almost 25,000 more <laughs> eight and uh well what jeez i mean it's it's crazy 10 10% yep. higher uh nowadays so and that's with less listings but more sales i mean a lot more sales yeah. it's crazy you know what's kind of cool too is what's about,
1: what i'm seeing interesting is that you're going to see uh the the control right now i think that you know those cities that have been waiting for years and years and years to get hot, um, bring high-speed internet out to the suburbs, the farther out suburbs, and you got people that are spreading out now because they don't have to commute to downtown because of the working from home thing, and so a lot of these suburbs are getting hot too. So it'll, it's I, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. yeah. You don't yeah, move I mean. to Minneapolis because you per se you might move to Minneapolis because you like being close to all the action.
2: Hey, where do you guys want me to go to on these stats? What should we look at first?
0: Well, I, I, I don't know. Chris is, always
1: made fun of me when I showed stats.
0: I know. Well, He's like, uh, oh, boring. Well, let's, I mean, just look at that. Go up just a little more so we don't see Andy's head in the middle of them. Go up a little. There we go. All right. So look at that close sales. And this is, this. these are yearly uh, type things. So they're, they're judging the same time periods in each year. But uh, in 2019, 59,000. 2020, it popped up, what, almost 5,500. And then again, a couple thousand more in 2021. So I think uh, you're you're seeing that, you know, and that's, I mean, that's riot, that's riot times right there. I mean, right through the whole thing. And I mean, obviously, things are are closing. And it's not like there's more closings with the prices going down. More closings are matching with prices all going up. So,
1: Right, yeah. So that means the market's still moving in the right direction.
0: I think, is there a graph, Nick, of um, like inventory, like how it goes uh, – uh, let's see. Price perspective. Again, though, I, I, here's what
1: I would say, though, too. A lot of people are like, I. There we go. I'm there we go. That the the economy and housing, anyway, is not. The economy is good, and people are getting huge raises. Housing is in crazy situation because nobody wants to sell their house. So there's there's that high pressure on something comes for sale, people pounce on it, and they're they're running the numbers up. So a lot of this is artificial. That's why I wanted to look at inventory too, to see, you know, is there actually lower inventories? You know, as you see here, you can see the inventory drop, 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 drop. So.
0: Yeah. And this graph, what I wanted to show with this graph, you can see all those little humps. And I was talking about this earlier, those humps indicate the different times of the year. You can see all those humps are kind of in between the middle of the year. So that's as spring and summer happen, we, we get more listings on. Yeah. So you can kind of see how that kind of goes back and forth and how that happens. But those humps have steadily gotten, you know, a little smaller and a little flatter um, than than what they were before. So we just need those those humps to kind of um, stay up. You know, I think what what's inventory now, Andy, is it even I mean, I think in Minneapolis it was under a month, you know, I mean, that's that's crazy. That's crazy, and yep. like I said, as I've been sitting here um, on those two listings that we've got, I've gotten five more uh, requests for showings here this morning already. So, mm-hmm. it's it's a it's still wild out there. If you want to get your place on the market, I would uh, start considering it now.
1: Well, you know, and then the other thing is, is that some people have been holding off, thinking that there's this matter, trying to time the market to the top, 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 top. Well, you know what, your house that's now 500,000, by the time you live your life out might be worth a million and a half, but are you gonna still wanna manage that big square footage or that, you know, whatever situation you're in, your life isn't gonna stop and you're, you're still aging at a certain age. Your, your access to certain things are gonna change over the years. You may wanna have a house to downsize into. You may wanna have a house that, hey, I got bad knees, someday I might be on wheels. You know, how do I get back to, you know, and so thinking ahead a little bit. Making your life easier is important. Like I tell everybody, equity gives you options. Right now, most people have more equity in their homes than they ever have in the history of them owning a house. And so it's like tapping into that equity. Maybe you pay off some debt, you buy a new house, you do a whatever, and you go on a, a trip around the world. Enjoy this equity because equity, we've seen it in the past. Sometimes it goes away, sometimes it comes back. Most of the time, it always you know kind of cycles through, but we're not going to ever, in my opinion, at least based on the stats of what we see, it's almost impossible for us to ever head into a housing crisis like we had. The number one reason is that we were, we've were we been so conservative with the lending over the last few, few inventory houses for sale. Equities are high. People don't get foreclosed on when they have 150000 of equity in their house. They don't. They sell the house and they take the equity and they do something else with it. So this fact that, oh, there's all these forbearances and there's all these things that are going to happen. It's like, listen, it, it doesn't matter. Those houses that have equity, even people in tough spots are smart enough to recognize that and they'll sell their homes and we'll be fine. So we're I think we're still heading into another consistent year with last year. And and I just think that appreciation is not gonna be at 17%. I think you're gonna see probably again five, six percent because as rates start going up, I think that's gonna control people that afford fourteen hundred afford fourteen hundred, no matter what the rates are.
0: Yeah. And and now with the equity, it's hard to even buy anything because you can't get nothing delivered to you anyway. So people are (laughs) probably keeping their money because that's the only thing that can happen is is people start using all their equity and then the market starts going down. And now it's like, well, forget it. I got a second mortgage here. And the second mortgages are the ones that will be in trouble.
2: Any final comments on Minneapolis before we go to listener questions?
1: I don't yeah. know maybe if commercials is going to be the big next sector save your money and get a building I guess if that guy was right on that TikTok video convert it into something different make it a make it a garage make it a storage facility make it a I mean don't ever fall into the illusion that it's over people are so smart in America they reinvent things all the time and those those sectors that are being challenged right now will be reinvented and rebuilt brand new
0: it's true
1: No, but I want to.
0: I haven't either. I haven't I haven't been
2: down there to do it. Why do banks always sell off original mortgages?
1: They make money on the margin.
2: Yeah, they don't always do that,
0: um, but uh, uh, most of them do. I would say the majority of them do. But it's uh, it is it's a, it's a way in which to be able to um, get more money. You know, you sell. We had that. Remember in the foreclosure time, I mean, those bad mortgages, I mean, they don't sell them and just say, Hey, do you want to buy Andy's mortgage? Yeah. You know, it's this much. And here's what it is. They they sell thousands at a time in, in big clusters and in those clusters, sometimes you get a bunch of bad ones as well. So. Um, well, I think a lot of it
1: too, Chris, you know, you look at it and they, and these annuities that are out there, that you know, there's vulnerability in all other sectors, and then they'll throw some mortgage stability in there because that is a consistent, you know, three and a half percent or whatever it is. So some of these annuities will even buy these uh, 500, you know, million dollars or a billion dollars worth of these mortgages bundled together just to balance out the the potency of their of their you know mutual funds or whatever. That that happens where the banks really make their money is on servicing the mortgages, not on lending the money. Because if you do the math on lending the money there's not a lot of money being made. It's the service mortgage. So like you, you could even go down to your local, you know, Wells Fargo, for an example, you may get a mortgage at Wells Fargo and Wells Fargo may send you the certificate, but it might be a Freddie Mac or, you know, Fannie Mae actually has the mortgage held and they're just servicing it for that
2: GSE. Let's rapid fire these last two ones. Why are lake associations always fighting new lakeshore developments?
0: Because they want the lake to themselves. We want uh, it to stay the same. Absolutely. <laughs> you want it to keep it the same. And typically uh, those lake associations are um, obviously trying to protect trying to protect the lake. So.
1: Right. Yep.
2: Last one, have lumber prices gone back up again? They're oh. raising
0: They're rising again. Yes, they are. I think it's uh, I think we're going to be on a, a continual uh, what do they call that uh, roller coaster? Yeah, there you go. Roller coaster is kind of a good way in which to put it, but it, it's constantly changing. Contracts are changing with builders now all the time. I think people are are really starting to realize what's happening as well, which is, is is it's kind of like you know you're 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 kind of playing the the game of all right let's let's grab it now and let's go for it, but prices are changing daily.
1: Well, well think about this, guys. If you're building an $800,000 house for some percent margins on that house, you got 80 grand on there, and now the lumber jumps up $80,000, and you have to warranty that house. Most builders are hoping that you cancel because they can't afford to keep that house. They, the, the builders make razor-thin margins. Those questions you, as a homeowner, as a buyer, should be asking those questions. Can my pricing change? When does it officially lock? When are we safe? As a partnership, take, the best way to approach a builder is say, "Hey, let's be partners." You make 10%, let's go, let's order the lumber early. Hey, we're, we're seeing sheetrocks going up, let's buy now. I mean, you know, capable of doing something like that, that's the best way to, you know, beat the market is, is to be in the market and pay attention. Most people though are buying so many packages and so many like big national builders. They got train cars of lumber coming in every day anyway. And, you know, from, the, from out east or out west, excuse me, and they're coming in and they've already bought that stuff, you know, six months ago. So they're already still at the low pricing or the high pricing from last, you know what I mean?
2: So you're buying futures. Awesome, another great episode. Make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Give us likes on Facebook. Um, We post three digestible clips each week on Facebook. Check those out and have a wonderful, beautiful day. Ciao.